0: hey guys welcome to savannah sessions my name is darlington your favorite host today i am joined by daniela banda a very special guest Oh my guests are special um, daniela banda is a wonder woman and she is going to tell us about her career her journey and i do hope that after this talk you will be inspired and it will get you into action Daniela, thank you for coming. To you.
1: Thank you so much, Darlington. That is such a nice intro. I feel so humbled and it's inspiring to see you start this platform just to share my story, but also all the other guests you interviewed this year and to, for just taking initiative to do something and allow others to share their stories, but also be inspired. Pleasure's
0: all mine. So this <laughs> is my first time uh, meeting Daniela, guys. Um... <laughs> So tell me um i know that you're a golfer i also know that you're a forbes 30 under 30 scholar i really want to talk about that but um i want i want to know who daniela is uh besides what we see on the linkedin profile besides what we see on instagram i want to know who is daniela where she started where you grew up i just want i want to know the whole story man to tell me
1: Oh, wow yeah that's awesome thank you for that question so um right now i'm based in tennessee i've been in the u.s for four years i'm about to graduate which is scary but also exciting just because i th- think i'm actually ready for that step but i started off in harare went to convent and most people in harare of course you know it's in the center of the cbd but i got to the u.s playing golf and i have a twin sister but i want to say something that's very true to me that pretty much makes me want to wake up every day is believing that i can make a change it took so long for me to understand that i was unique and i could believe in myself and i could be confident and i feel like i only started that self-awareness and self-discovery journey recently about a year and a half ago but something that really grew in me and that started my journey is playing sport. I've played sport my whole life. I did swimming, tennis, hockey then I picked up golf and those things honestly made me feel like I had a true identity. They made me feel like I was someone and a lot of the values I learned were not only from my single mom but they were through meeting other people, playing sports with other people, failing on the field like when I played field hockey but also just winning and discovering who I was. So honestly sport is just like the center of my life, where, where besides God, you know, just I feel like that's something God gave me to find who I was. Yeah,
0: lovely, mm-hmm. lovely. And tell me something, I'm really interested in the golf part because many African parents they don't believe that you can make it in sport, right? Let's let's be honest, yeah. The mm-hmm. message that African parents will preach to you is that sports is for the white people, right? And then they'll tell you that if you're a black person. You have to get a degree or some sort of certification or go to vocational training and that's the only way you can actually make something out of yourself. So as for you, how did you then pursue a career in golf and convince the people around you and what is it like to go a different route? Because I know taking sport as a career, as as your you know, as the center of everything you do, it's it's not easy because people are gonna look at you funny. People are gonna be asking you like, okay, so you're a golfer Okay, you know, like how is it going to bring food to the table? So, what was that like for you?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good question. And I think that's actually something we still struggle with in yeah, most suburban yeah. families. I remember, I think playing all the other sports that won golf was just the ordinary. I think it's something that we all did after school because we had to. And when you played for Zim or played Mashonaland, it was good. But it was just, I know for a long time, my mom was just always like, you can love sport, but remember to study hard, to continue pursuing your education because, and everyone says this, if you break your leg, sports is yeah, over. They, that's, gone. What that's what they
0: say. And, and
1: it's, it's so disheartening when you love sport yeah. at a young age because you're like, you guys have to believe in me or what if I actually make it? Yeah. So for me, when I played all those sports, I remember one time my sister and I decided that we were going to play different sports because we wanted separate identities as twins. And she decided to pick up karate, which was awesome. But then I also decided to pick up golf. So at that time we were both doing different sports and I felt like we both had good careers in that because my sister then um, represented sim and went to play so many tournaments and so did I like I started playing many tournaments I was doing well and I think that's the only time people around me and my mom were like oh wow. You actually play golf now. Like When I started playing golf, she just thought it was just a hobby. And it was just going to end very fast. But I want to say there were two things that happened. It was mostly how much determination I had and motivation. Because when I started finding out I had a passion for golf, on the weekends and even during half-term and during breaks, I would go play golf at 7.30. When she was on her way to work, she would drop me off at the golf course. And then when she was done with work at 5, she would come pick me up. So I would spend the whole day just playing golf, talking to my friends at the golf course and just trying to get better. And I didn't feel like I was spending too much time or wasting time there. And that's when she realized I had a passion for it. But it also helped because I then realized that this could be something that I could do in college and it would pay for my college as well. So I think it was two things. It was persuading my parents said this could pay for my college and then also just actually showing them dedication and doing well but i would say it still does take time for parents really realize that you're serious about something but once you show them dedication and commitment and honestly it's also the cost i want to say that playing sports in Zimbabwe, when you're not funded is very difficult because it's expensive and there are not many programs that fund students in general but i want to say when i started playing golf and this is something i want lots of um, student athletes or people who start a craft late to know is Along the journey, there were so many people that told me because I started playing golf so late at 15 or 15, 16 years old, so many people told me I couldn't play in college or it was too late or there weren't many women playing at the time. And well, there weren't many young girls, there were all the ladies playing. At the time, there was like four or five of us. And lots of people doubted me or people thought, is this a hobby to you? So I really want to reassure people who start a craft that they love is... Make sure you, besides people who motivate you and inspire you, believe in yourself first, because that's what will propel you to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: okay. And how are you finding it right now playing golf in the United States? How's the? What's the competition like? And how, how far have you
1: advanced in your golf career? Yeah, so I would say it's definitely challenging. Being one of the best places to play in the world, if not still the best, it's it's just competitive like you can't show up and believe that you can do well without putting in the work that applies for everything but on sports it's a whole different thing i think one of the most unfortunate things about playing sports is that it takes it can take you 12 years to be considered an overnight success and then sometimes you put in that commitment and you can't execute it's i think it's disheartening sometimes but it's been good because i finally learned um you know, how much commitment and hard work goes into things? Because when I was at home, I didn't really do personal training. Now that's something I'm committed to all the time. I'm able to have a coach now. When I was at home, my mom couldn't afford for me to have my own coach. So a lot of my goal was self-taught or learning from other professionals who just gave me advice at that time. So I've been progressing. My season is about to start. So I'm hoping for wins, for success for top fives but it's been great i've learned so much about myself but i've also had opportunities to intern like at the lpga and that told me a lot about the atmosphere the careers in the golf industry and you also meet lots of good people and friends so that's awesome and um one thing that i know for sure
0: uh, i think this is my (laughs) last question in golf one thing that i know for sure is that there are not many women playing golf right and mm. that alone in itself is a hindrance for you know women who want to play golf. Your community is not as big as the men playing golf. So, I mean, kudos to you for going into a career that is like filled with a lot of men and taking that step of saying, okay, this is what I like doing and I'm going to pursue it irregardless of the hindrances. So what is it like being a woman and actually playing golf?
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah, thank you for asking. I would say... Looking at the US and back home, there aren't many women playing golf, but in the US specifically, there aren't many black women playing. And that's something that a lot of organizations have been trying to um, to fix and really give opportunities to women of color because there are talented women out there, even on the LPGA tour that we don't talk about. But something that was very disheartening for me when I was playing golf in Zimbabwe was how, I want to say, The allocation of resources was very different for for men and then versus women. So for us, when we always traveled for junior tournaments, there was more emphasis on funding the boys team. Or if there was a lack of funds, we will fund the boys team first before the girls. And I found that very difficult because not only was I was female, so I, I was thinking, why would you do that? And also... I just looking at my background and being raised by a single mom, I instantly saw that they were biased towards the abilities we had or the impact we could have. I think it's time for many organizations to realize that by pushing women in sports and giving them opportunities, it actually creates cycle where more women will be interested in playing sports so whether it's golf whether it's tennis i think there needs to be more emphasis on giving women opportunities and seeing that they have the same abilities as men and that's just systematically the reason why so many women don't do well is because they don't have the same resources the same coaches as men do so yeah i would say that's pretty much a summary but yeah in in terms of being in the us i've just been trying to be involved with like the pga of america and the Ladies Professional Golf Association. Last year, I had the opportunity to do an ad on TV talking about minority golf involvement. And that was so rewarding because it was my voice and it was my opportunity to share something meaningful to me.
0: Lovely, lovely. And the next thing I want to talk about is the, the, the Ford 30 Under 30 uh, Campus Program. Uh, how, mm-hmm. how did that go? How did you get into the uh,
1: initiative? Oh, awesome. So in last year, 2019, um let's see. So I first heard about the Forbes Under 30 Summit in 2018. A few friends of mine had gone and also just some people I had followed. So people who are young, but in their 20s, but they have like startups or they're doing incredible things. And I saw that they had been to the summit and also Rufaro Chiria were another... Zimbabwean student had been as well. So I decided to reach out to another friend of mine. He's actually Nigerian-American. And I just asked him, how did he get to go to the summit? How was the opportunity? And as we continued those conversations, he told me he would send me the application form when it did open. So I just managed to be able to speak to him about it. And as soon as the application opened, my sister and I had already planned to apply. And we applied and we were accepted in. And honestly it was one of the best opportunities I've had because usually I go to events and conferences and we're so focused on speaking to people higher up, recruiters, CEOs, people who have who are somewhere and you know, we see them as these are the people I want to be like. But I feel like the Under 30 Summit is an opportunity for students to speak to each other. And and that's so important because the students around you are people who, who refer you for a job. Those would be your co-founders. Those are the people who can help you and the people you collaborate with. So I know that the Under 30 Summit is going to be, one of them is going to be in Botswana this year, which I think is going to be amazing. But that's how I found out about that opportunity. And it was one of the best I've ever been to. Just student collaboration is so important and yeah. seeing the different industries that are growing was a learning curve. That is just so cool.
0: And so I'll tell you a bit about Savannah Sessions and what's the aim of this initiative or podcast rather is. Awesome. So we aim to create a community of like-minded Entrepreneurs who who are Af- who are African, and the, the the reason why we're doing this, uh, telling these stories and involving other entrepreneurs and young people who are making waves, is we want to retell the African story. I'm not surprised if you tell me that you once got asked by people there, you know, people ask you questions like, how did you get here? Um, Questions like, um, do you guys have uh, lions at your house? You know, do you guys <laughs> see yeah. lions? You know, people are not really exposed as to what you know Africa is, they don't know that we've urbanized. People still think Africa is a country, and yeah. you know, people will be asking you, What language do you speak in Africa? Now, like, and I'm like, We've got more than a thousand languages, so yes. I think people need to now start learning the African story. And in this age of globalization, I I really think that our culture needs to be put out the world. And it also needs to get into the wave of globalization. So where Savannah Sessions comes in, or Savannah Media, where it comes in now is we want to retell that African story. We want to create that community of uh, African entrepreneurs. And then inspire other people and talk about these conversations and have these conversations that we haven't had and make that change because the thing is too many people are complaining about the state of affairs and no one is doing much so we are the people that are saying okay we have the skills we have the exposure i'm going to take it to a further step all right so the other thing that i would want to get out of this conversation most of the guests that i'm having uh we give them a chance to add value to our community that's our audience our listeners and our followers Want them to also, you know, get value from you. So obviously, you're gonna give, you're gonna give us wisdom, you're gonna give us lessons that you've learned from your journey. But going further, we'd also like you to mentor other women who want to get into golf. I know, I know a few uh, female golfers myself. And I really feel like they'll really get value from what you're doing. So after this call, if you're willing, we want you to, you know, connect with them and just take them through that journey, help them with their, with their struggles. Because one thing I know for real, uh, for sure, is that getting into golf is not the easiest thing you can do. The sport mm-hmm. in itself, you know, it, it takes a lot from training every day and, you know, all the hours you need to put in. And then balancing student life and, and 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 sport we'll also talk about that later on so that's basically what we want to do and also connecting these entrepreneurs to, to, to capital connecting them to mentors connecting them to opportunities and providing markets for their products correct so basically that's what we want to try to do with this initiative and the team will be growing and right now we already have people backing us up the people working with and it's pretty exciting so my question to you now is what do you plan on doing to add value to to, to, to the african people with your skill set and you know everything that you've learned in this goal
1: oh awesome yeah that's an amazing question but it's very loaded as well so i'm going to start with um but i really want to commend you for everything you're doing and just the mission you have um it just reminded me of a lot of things i've been you know, thinking about about identity of Africans, and you know, I think just our upbringing. Something that I've just been thinking a lot about is how we identify ourselves once we're abroad versus being back home, okay. and how we should carry ourselves with pride. But I also, it makes me question identity as well because I think about, for example, when we're at home. A lot of times either speaking your native tongue sometimes can seem as ghetto or we're not supposed to or some schools don't yeah. take it as prideful then when you're overseas that's like the only thing you want to do is to speak in China or to speak in yeah. and i question myself i'm like we need to change that because that in itself is, we shouldn't romanticize speaking French or Italian or Spanish. And then when we think of Shauna, we're like, oh no, that's not my priority. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that in because I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so something that I've been working on recently that you asked about is so I'll give a bit of a summary just because it's still in the process. I'm working on a startup initiative with a few friends so it's like a startup competition that's been going on for the past six months and it will continue for the next six months and we're trying to develop something that's in the mental health space and so my co-founders are all around the world but one of them specifically is in ghana and we're trying to find a solution that that helps low-income high schools it's basically a mental health initiative that is focused on school intervention because we believe this conversation has been going on for so long but there's never been any right now at the moment we don't have anything active in our schools that educates us on mental health or helps us and also because there's a lack of access to health and the cost of care is also very expensive so that's something that i'm working on that i'm so excited about because um just something i'll throw in is when i came to the u.s like many people you struggle with um, it could be depression, it could be identity, also just thinking yeah. about the problems at home and having the pressure to to be the change you want to see. So that's something I struggled with for a long time because I missed home and I thought I was going to be so excited to start school and know what I wanted to do. But there are many times when I questioned what I should pursue, what major I should study, if I had made the right decision in the school environment I was in, and The biggest problem I also have sometimes is you never want to burden people at home with your problems because you know there's so many problems in Zim. So that's something that, so so I'm just so passionate about mental health and that's something I'm working on right now. But I love that you mentioned the idea of golf because I currently work with College Connect International. They got me to the U.S. um, through helping me with recruiting filming my videos but I also have always wanted to reach back out to all the girls I know who want to pursue golf and get into college because it is a very tough process whether it's reaching out to coaches finding the right school and the right environment you want to be in and yet alone scholarships as well that's a whole different thing so that's something I want to work on as well and I'll just throw this in. I have a podcast with my sister and we've just been talking about all sorts of different topics. We felt as though were t- difficult to have in the home but also sharing other people's yeah, stories. Exactly. So those are a few things that I'm doing. Um, I honestly have so many plans for the year. So I'm trying to, you know, trying to plan, roll it out effectively and just stay passionate. And mentoring is also something I love to do.
0: Lovely, lovely. So you heard that guys. If you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about golfing, <laughs> startups, mental health, Daniela is your girl. Uh, as I said, guys, she's a wonder woman. <laughs> so I- I'm excited. I'm excited. Um you're doing something and you're adding value. That is cool. Thank um, you. Wh- which which part of the states are you in right now?
1: I'm in Tennessee, so I'm in the south.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> cool, that's cool. Did you like it there?
1: Um, I do, but it's not my favorite state. I think I've said this to a lot of friends as well. I've had the opportunity to travel to about 23, 24 states. In two weeks, I'll be in my 26th. But I would say I love Florida. I love the North. But Tennessee is not my favorite state. But I do believe I'm here for a purpose. Just when I left my first school, I left a non-Christian school to be able to go to a Christian school. I found the way of life different and for me I think that's why I ended up here but yeah I'm always appreciative of you know everyone that comes into my journey and every opportunity I see it as a way to grow yeah
0: that's really cool that's really cool and your your twin where's your twin would have loved to have her yeah
1: (laughs) so my sister is based in Kansas I had the yeah So she's based in Kansas a few hours away from me. I want to say flying three hours, driving probably 15. But I had just the privilege to spend Christmas with her. It had been about two years since we had spent Christmas together. So that was awesome just being together and, you know, just sharing ideas, thinking about all the things we we discuss and that we do together from afar. But finally being able to see each other and discuss and, you know, just we're twins as well. So having that connection in person is so unique compared yeah. to having it on facetime
0: yeah how often you guys see each other
1: wow so that's it's never consistent i would say we saw each other at the forbes summit and at another conference in dc but before that it had been 16 months
0: wow that's pretty cool that's pretty cool you guys have any uh 18 more courses like by your school is it
1: yes we do very simple how big is it so we actually have a golf course about five minutes away from here but we don't necessarily practice there often just because of the way the course is structured i would say it's not the most competitive course it's not the hardest one we could play yeah, so we try play at one that's fifteen to twenty minutes away from here and that's where we're all that's where we practice all the time. But that's something I definitely want to mention to most people who want to consider being student athletes is always you have to consider that we spend about four to five hours practicing a day, whether that's workouts and then four golfing. Five hours. So yeah, so it definitely requires a lot of dedication. And I think a lot. Of, when you hear that, you might be scared, like, oh, how will I manage academics in school? Yeah, but yeah. it can be done. And also dedication is learned as well. That's something I learned when I saw the difference between the way um, people on tour practice versus amateur yeah, golfers. Yeah versus junior golfers is you realize that there's so much dedication that goes into it but once you're exposed to that you then can realize what you didn't know and what your responsibility is now to get to where you want to be
0: Lovely. and how do you balance that uh uh, being a student athlete and also you know pursuing a degree in business Mm.
1: yeah that's a good question i would say honestly it's sometimes you just tell yourself it has to be done I wouldn't even lie to you. (laughs)
0: What's your typical routine like?
1: Oh, so my routine has changed this year just because I've... I would say my routine changed the past seven months. And the reason is last year at the end of the year, I traveled so much for so many different conferences, policy summits. I was just traveling so much. Like every two weeks I was going somewhere. Then I was also playing golf. And that helped me eliminate, not eliminate, but reduce procrastination. I had to realize that I had to use time and stop taking naps and to stop taking two hour naps and start taking 30 minute naps and prioritizing sleep. But now what I do is I've been working on a new routine since December. My sister and I were working on this and in the morning, When we don't have compulsory team workouts, which we have those at six o'clock or 545, we work out in the morning. And after those workouts, I don't go back to sleep. I just take a shower, start doing homework or getting my day ready. So what I try to do in the morning when I wake up is I read a plan on the Bible app and then I read the Bible as well i read a newsletter that I love about news that will give me the top 10 stories of the day. So I just know what's going on. And then I'll have breakfast or I'll make a smoothie, something super simple. And then from then on, I start homework or I go to chapel or I go to class. And then after that, I'll have practice. And throughout the day, I just try and keep... You know keep a good momentum and when you eat well as well and you exercise i feel like your energy is better i realized that because towards the end of last year when i was so busy there are times when i didn't cook or i just had convenient foods and that's why i was taking so many naps as i was always tired like i was just dead now i feel the, the real difference is when you take care of your body which is something we really need to emphasize you feel so much better and you can be when you don't when you're not feeling 100% you can't give out 100% so that's something I learned from being so burnt out last year so I would say just create a routine but also when you have a routine don't set it like I'll spend 30 minutes reading 30 minutes doing this allow flexibility so that you're not very confused about everything going on or you you don't feel like you have to do everything but something I recently started which I want to encourage many people to do it's like journaling so what so journaling can be anything whether you're writing about how, what you're grateful for or what happened during the day for me it's honestly just accountability of the workouts i've done and how i feel that day so i've recently just been writing about mostly my energy and my health intake because that's something i struggled with last year so i just keep track of i i was doing this and i ate this and i felt energized today but also should I get everything I need to do done? And I just end the day by thinking about what needs to be done tomorrow and what's priority.
0: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so your health is your wealth. I like your focus on, 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 on the health aspect of things because it's it's kinda of the the center of everything, you know. I <laughs> I always say that you can be wealthy, but if you're not healthy to enjoy that wealth, man it's, it's not gonna be a, enjoyable there's not much to do when you're not healthy and yes all right that's that's really nice and the routine aspect i've always stressed the importance of habits um because our habits are what makes us and you know you now putting that aspect of journaling i also journal as well Uh, that's awesome um, pretty pretty often and i, I find it a, a good way to just release everything and just you know put my thoughts down be aware of myself because self-awareness is so important that yeah. um just to kind of see how i'm going you know with this with this whole life thing how what how i'm doing you know in terms of growth because in a week there's so much growth that can happen in the past, you know and we often neglect that aspect of our life, whether we're growing on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. So, yeah, I, I really like the, the aspect of it. And what has been your toughest experience in terms of you know, being here in the United States, pursuing golf, and, you know, that whole experience, what was the toughest moment of your life, and how did you recover from it?
1: Okay, so I think for me, it was just not feeling good enough. Whether that came from an identity perspective, competition perspective, and just thinking about everything going on back home. So, my first top five playing in college was. I'd say two and a half years down the line and for me that was very disappointing because my first year of college didn't go very well I was having many swing adjustments um getting into the swing of everything and I felt like it took too long for me like my my momentum was just breaking down I just kept thinking is this going to be worth it this is not working and let me tell you when you start playing sports abroad everyone wants to know how you're doing so when you're not doing well you just don't feel like... You just don't want to talk to some of these people because then you're like, they're going to think I'm wasting time or wasting resources, but not everyone's story is written different. Is written the same. So not everyone's story is written the same. So I think that was something that was tough. But also just... I think just being... I wouldn't say I was going through depression because I was never diagnosed, but there were just moments when I wanted to do more, but I didn't feel like I had the opportunities. I mean, coming to schools that were people call them PWIs, predominantly white institutions, where there were many Africans and there's so many stereotypes of different things imposed about you. I felt like I didn't always belong. And so it took a long time for me to, to feel like I was there and people understood who I was. People believed I was capable, I had the abilities. So for a long time, I wanted to speak on panels have events for international students do all sorts of different things and because it's new people don't understand the value or they don't know why you're doing it or they don't necessarily want to give you the platform and so i was i felt like i was fighting i was fighting and sometimes you feel like you're fighting a war like it's not going to come down and at some point eventually the wars slowly come down where I had opportunities to speak on international student panels. This weekend, I'll actually be giving a testimony on belonging and finding your home. And last year, I just traveled so much to so many opportunities. And so it helped a lot because I started to identify who I was. I started to meet students who helped me become better, who I'm learning from, who I collaborate with. But it also helped me see that I had to do a lot of... Things won't always come to you easy, you have to fight for them And also you have to create your own spaces So by creating a space for myself I also help someone who doesn't have that space yeah. You know, create it for themselves Or believe they can do it That's something I've learned from others That's something I think I'm helping others learn as well
0: That is that is really cool And <laughs> you being able to pick yourself up hey, eh, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's, not, it's not easy It's not easy So Right, right now are you guys in school
1: yes so i got back to school about two weeks ago
0: Oh, okay what, what program are you studying
1: so um i'm in business but i'm specifically in marketing and communications that's okay. my major my minor is business administration and i'm also an honor student so pretty much an honor student uh-huh. is someone who extends coursework for an extra degree basically oh that's cool
0: and you're enjoying it do you feel like you're applying yourself where you want to be
1: So I think, yes, now I am. So I want to say that school is helpful and it's very good to learn all sorts of things, but I want to say professional development opportunities help you understand what career you want to be in. They help you find those opportunities and network with people who can either get you there or mentor you. So by attending conferences and a lot of events, I finally understood the careers I want to go into and probably you know, I'm, I'm more aware of what careers work for me and what don't. You know, I, after working in the golf industry, I learned that I really love it and I would love to be in the sports space. Then after being, so I had two experiences working at a golf organization and then one working at a golf course. At the golf course, I quickly understood that that was not what I wanted to do. So I urge everyone that when you're studying, make sure you do internships and job opportunities. And also consider that if you're not getting paid, take maybe even two weeks to go see what someone does in their job, if they allow you to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like apply yourself in different spaces. Pretty much.
0: Think, absolutely. And besides, besides school, besides school, Startups and all that interesting <laughs> stuff. What do you do outside
1: that? Um, so, besides the podcast, I have just been helping a lot of students with um, reviewing their resumes and cover letters. That's something that I, I pretty much learned the skills of writing resumes and cover letters through trial and error from my own experiences. But I also did a LinkedIn certification on it. So, I've just been sharing conferences with different people on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on iMessage, but some people don't know how to write a resume or they've never done it or they apply for something and they don't get in. So what I've been doing is reviewing their resumes and giving them advice or if they need it completely redone, they come to me and they pay me a certain fee and I do it for them. So that's something that I've been helping a lot of people with just because I know a lot of it's very tough when you love, you want to do something and you love exploring your opportunities, but you can't get in because you need to if you want to explore it. So I've been helping a lot of people with finding different spaces they can be exposed to. And I also love travel. Travel is something that I can do any day, anytime. And I'm one of those people that you can give a backpack and they can explore the world. <laughs> Your
0: favorite series series, oh, that's
1: you're gonna that say, keep going the Kardashians. I was <laughs> yeah. no. Um, so my biggest issue is I don't really watch TV, I watch a lot of YouTube. Okay, All right. I-, I love Shark Tank, but I'm just gonna throw in something that I love Real Housewives of Atlanta. I know that's gonna sound awful. It's going to sound so bad Do you, girl (laughs) All they do is fight But I've been watching that show since I was Since like the first season I used to watch it with my mom And since then, I literally So sometimes I'll watch like recaps But recently I found that if you don't have cable Someone streams it live on YouTube So I literally watch it live on YouTube And I just love it The drama is just so messy A lot of drama, okay Yeah Mm -hmm. Favorite movie this year? Wow. Uh, um, So Queen and Slim came out last year. I really liked it, but I also liked Just Mercy. It was just such a compelling movie because it talked about uh, mass incarceration and the injustices happening in the U.S. prison system. But it also opened lights to a testimony of uh, someone who has been helping so many people for so many years. And it makes me think about how you can help people. it it takes so long for you to be recognized for the work you do, but it's not about being recognized. When I think about Brian Stevenson, he worked for so many years helping men on death row, men who were falsely convicted. And it's only 30 years later that people know who he is, but he was so passionate about the cause that he kept going. And I think about He helped so many men on death row, but I think about how many people are still falsely imprisoned or who have been through segregation and they ended up in prison just because they were black or just because they were Latino or something like that. So it's for me it was just compelling to know that you have to follow your passion whether it you just have to follow your passion and be true to helping people because I think love and hope is something that the world lacks. So yeah. yeah that's
0: cool. Um I think i picked up that you really dedicated your life to service and thank you. Um, the Wonder Woman is a leader. So yeah <laughs> and a Wonder Woman. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to enjoy sharing this uh podcast session and I think basically I know who Daniela Panda is and I'm really excited about what you're doing and we uh, really, really hope to see more of of, of of you on the golf scene, the business scene mental health thing i think we will we'll discuss it further after this i, I, oh, yeah. I, I like initiative,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, yeah but what are you what what would you want to tell my listeners um, you know just some parting words words of wisdom
1: oh yeah definitely um so the first piece of advice i've just been thinking about this for a while which is why it came to me so easy is i really would love for so many civilians and people around me to stop operating on a scarcity mindset a lot of us grew up in tough situations so we struggle to believe we can do something or we can be the change we want to see so i really want to challenge lots of people to start believing they that they have the abilities they have the skills and stop thinking about the outcome and the solution so much start thinking about what you want to do first and build your team And start slowly. You don't have to think about changing the world. You can think about changing a community. You can think about changing a family. And that way you grow and you're able to start a change. And the next thing I want to say is let's start supporting each other. This is just something that I think about all the time. If you know your friend has a podcast, has a blog, your friend is starting this business, do something to support them. You don't always have to pay for their services, even though that is a bonus, but in, you know, invest in them somehow, whether it's reading what they write, listening to what they do. I think that's where the cycle starts. Like I think about all the friends I've been able to support now and all the people who I support in reverse and who support me as well. My platform and like the podcast and the things I do wouldn't be where they are today without their support. So I would really love to see more Zimbabweans come together, support each other, believe in each other. Yeah, so those are two pieces of advice. But I think my last one would just be, um, we already talked about health, but I want to say is to take care of you before you take care of everyone else. I want to say right now, I feel like I'm in a place where I can be emotionally available and try and mentor other people and help people because I've been able to take care of myself. For a long time, I think about 2017, 2017 and 2018 were like the worst two years of my college life like I just was in such a horrible place and I think just by redefining my relationship with God thinking about who I was and where I wanted to be being vulnerable with the right people I, re- I found myself and now I'm very self-aware I was never that way and I also grew up in a family where my dad was domestically violent to my mom so a lot of us have childhood trauma and i just want to say that if you have trauma or you have depression you need to find healing first because if you don't find healing i want to say you can't keep thinking that it's going to go away it never will you have to deal with it and then you can be who you want to be so i think find who you are find your identity it will take time but starting the process now is better than waiting because when you don't heal, there's a high chance that cycle happens again. There's so many statistics that say children that went through a home of domestic violence are most likely to be go through that again. Or someone who went through abuse might just be abusive or they might go through abuse. So heal heal, find God and I wanna say be vulnerable, lead with vulnerability. It's very important. So I wanna say take care of you. It's very important to take care of you before you take care of everybody
0: you heard it for yourselves guys uh, these are the party that Daniela had for us and once again thank you so much for coming to Savannah Station your contributions in the future are going to so much to us, we already know that you're going to be helping this season. um and for all those who want to get in touch with Daniela you can find her on LinkedIn, Instagram,
1: Facebook even as well Yes, I'm on Facebook too, but the best places is probably LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah, Daniela Panda. That's
0: where she is. Uh, Daniela mm-hmm. with a double L. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you. People still get uh, it. Right. That's that's it for me, Daniela. Any, anything else?
1: Um, No, I think that's all I have to say. And um, I honestly have one more piece of advice. I want to yeah. say when people compliment you and tell you that you are okay. good at something or you're a future leader or when people just tell you you are something you should be at a point in your life where don't negate that compliment or don't doubt it for a long time I also doubted what people said and I always thought people just say this because it sounds good but it's very good for you to start to believe what other. the People seeing you as well. So that's also about being around the right people. But the last thing I just wanted to say is believe you are that person, you know? Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you
0: so much for tuning in, guys. Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Uh, reach out to Daniela, and otherwise,
1: for me, that's all. Bye guys. Bye everyone. Bye.